Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I want to ask you a question today. The question is, where do you live? We want you to fill out your Connect card and uh, put your address down. Where do you live? Ask somebody next to you, say, where do you live? Some of you live in Cincinnati. Some live in Indiana, Kentucky. We've got people from all over here. But today I felt a pressing to speak and encourage some people, maybe more than one, I want to encourage you with this thought. I'm going to speak on where do you live, but this week when I was in prayer, the phrase was, God wanted somebody to know that you are not to be afraid. You are not to be afraid. And we are in a season in October, of course, is Halloween. The season of fear. We live in a, a culture of fear. What drives us, what motivates us is fear. And I'm not just speaking towards Halloween today. I think for some of you it's a little bit of a long season. A long season of fear. For some it's fairly recent. But I'm... Motivated today to speak from a passage in Scripture that I know is common to many Christians, but I, I want to dive into it and pull out some things that I think will help us. In Psalm chapter 91, verse number 1, you've probably heard this passage, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Hebrew word used here for dwells is yashab, and it means to dwell, to sit down, but more importantly, it means to remain. See, our dwelling place with God, our experience with God is not meant to be a place of visitation. It's meant to be a place of habitation. The place that we are to be with God is not meant to be a place of visitation. It's meant to be a place of habitation. If our only time with God is at church and in this place, we will meet, miss the, the great blessing of his secret place. The weekly church service is not a place of habitation. We want you to leave after service is over. It's a place of visitation. 
It's a place where we come to experience the presence of God. But his word tells us that he who dwells, he who uh, makes up residence in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can I remind us that God wants to dwell with us? He wants to be with us 24-7. The Gospel of Luke tells us a story that illustrates this idea. It's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She was the one who invited him to have this visitation. And she said she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. You're afraid of the wrong thing. But the one thing that's needed, Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away. It's the habitation that God is concerned with, that we are not just visiting with God. But we are making a dwelling with God, a permanent dwelling with him. How does one come to dwell in the secret place? He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How does this happen? The next verse tells us, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge And my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. You come to dwell in the secret place when you have put your absolute trust in him. When you have put your faith in nothing else but him, that's when you begin to move into that secret place and under that uh, shadow of the Almighty. You have this sense, and I'm praying today that somebody will have this decision today, that you will put your absolute trust in him. Because two things are going to happen when you live under God's covering. Two things happen. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress. The next verse tells us, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence, that when you abide under the shadow of the Almighty and when you abide in the secret place with God, when you put your trust in him, two things are going to happen. The first promise found in the secret place is deliverance. You're going to find deliverance. Some of you are desperate for deliverance. You might not be addicted to drugs and alcohol and all kinds of mess, but you find yourself in bondage. Your thoughts are in bondage. Your emotions are in bondage. And I'm telling you today, there's a secret place. There's a shadow that is represented in this room that can bring deliverance to you once and for all. 
He will deliver us. I'm thankful that I have a few testimonies. I know a few testimonies in this place where, where you found out that the Almighty was a deliverer. He set you free from the bondage of sin. He delivered you out of the chains of addiction. He brought you out of the miry clay. He set your feet on a rock to stay. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I'm going to deliver you when you get under my shadow, when you get into that secret place, I can deliver you. And he said, I'm going to deliver you from two things. I'm going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler. It's like a bird caught in a trap. Those who fail to dwell in the secret place will find themselves living below their potential. They'll find themselves living trapped in a net. The enemy has set a net in all of our lives. And if you do not live under the shadow of the Almighty, you're going to be like this bird, just trapped. All the capacity is there. All the ability is there. All the potential is there. But you're stuck in a net. But he said, abide in my shadow. Abide in my shadow. The traps have been set. But he's delivering us. And he said, I'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And I'll deliver you from the perilous pestilence. I'll not only deliver you out of the trap, but I'll deliver you and I'll bring you through perilous pestilence. I'll deliver you from dangerous plagues and calamity. And if the enemy can't cause you to be overcome by addiction and bondage, he will try to overcome you with discouragement and calamity and chaos in your life. The enemy is constantly looking at you and trying to ensnare you and trap you. But he said, I've come to deliver you. God said, I've come to deliver you. If you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, if you'll come under my ability and my power and put your absolute trust in me, that surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. So there's deliverance that's found in the secret place. Then verse 4, it says, then he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and buckler and not only will he deliver you when you've put your complete trust in him but the second promise we find is that he will be a covering for us I want to tell somebody today he's got you covered He's got you covered. Every aspect of your life, if you'll abide in him, if you'll put yourself under his control and his dominion, he's got you covered. 
He said, like a protective bird, his wings shall hide you. In the Spanish version of the Bible, if I understand it right, that it literally means that God will keep you in an overcoat. Like an overcoat, he will cover you. I do this with my girls. It happened this morning in prayer. Ava always comes up to me, I'm cold, Dad, I'm cold, Daddy. And so you take off your coat and you wrap them. And that's exactly what God does when you abide in the secret place. He said, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to bring you out, but I'm going to cover you. And truth, he said, shall be a shield and buckler. One theologian said of the buckler that it was the piece of armor, armor that protected the heart. It protects the heart. Truth protects the heart from fear. Truth protects the heart from fear. That's why 1 John 3, 20, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. God has got you covered. And so we stand today with confidence that if we're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, we are living in the secret place because of our trust that we put in, the, in him. The writer of Psalms 91 says, you shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid. And he said, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. You're not going to be afraid of what's uncertain in your life if you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. You're not going to be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. The arrow that flies by day is deliberate. It's a, a, an offensive attack where you can actually see it. He says you don't even have to be afraid of that. He says you don't have to be afraid of the pestilence that walk in darkness. You don't have to be afraid of the pain and the agony that seems to hide in the corners. And he said not only that, you don't have to be afraid of destruction that lays waste at noonday. You don't have to be afraid of what is seemingly ruined in your life. In the middle of your life, you look around and you might see some things that are ruined. He said, don't be afraid by it because I've got you covered. And so the verses continue. I'll speed through them. Psalms 91, 7 says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. You will take notice, in other words, of the pitfalls of the wicked but you will not experience it. Why? Why would this happen? Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Where do you live? Where do you live? You see, you can, you can live in the trappings of God's glory, or you can live in the trap of the enemy. Question is, where are you going to live? Where are you going to put your hope? Where are you going to put your trust? Are you counting on this world to somehow create a, a euphoric existence for you where you have 
no fear, and no anxiety? Are you counting on the government, whatever side you decide to be on? Are you counting on them to create something where you can reach your potential and have no fear? It's ignorant to think, and according to Scripture, it would be ignorant to think that somehow this world is going to create an environment where there is no fear, where there is no animosity, where there is no hatred. Can I tell you, it's not going to happen. And so the question is, where do you live? Are you going to live in the trappings of his glory? Are you going to live in the amazingness of his, uh, uh, of his glory and his hope and his nature and his uh, ability and power? Are you going to live in the palace of his glory? Are you going to live in the trap, uh, in the confinement, uh, in the bondage uh, of the enemy? He said, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Sin can have dominion in our life. And so he says, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. That when you live under the shadow of the Almighty, not only do you have the power of God, but you've got all of his uh, uh, force, his angelic hosts that are working on your behalf. In verse 13, he says, you shall tread. When you live under the shadow of the Almighty, you tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample under foot. Our confidence is in him. Our trust is in him. And then in this passage, we're reading, the writer is writing. And all of a sudden, he gets down to the end of this passage. In verse number 14, it's no longer the writer writing. It's God speaking. This is what God says. Because he has set his love upon me, because he, you and I, because you and I have set our love upon him, he said, therefore, I will deliver them. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Saying that's what's promised when you live in the secret place. As I come to a close today, Thomas Edison invented the electric light bulb in 1879. But 22 years later, in 1901, a new sort of gadget from a company in Shelby, Ohio, came onto the scene. Shelby, Ohio is near Mansfield, near Cleveland, Northeast Ohio. And this new gadget this new kind of light bulb hung and was hung 
in a fire station in Livermore, California. This light bulb was put up in 1901. It's still there. And it's still on. That old bulb has been basically on for the last 117 years. By today's standards, it should have burned out 852 times. The bulb was hand-blown with a thick carbon filament made by a company which did not become one of the giants in the industry. And there was a reason. Because they made the light bulb too good. Now don't let that hurt you against GE. We have some employees of GE here. Keep supporting them. You know it's possible to create a light bulb that doesn't burn out. And I hope you know today that his promises never fail. And when he said you can abide in the secret place and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that promise is true. You see, we're like the modern light bulbs. Humans are like the modern light bulbs. Our promises are flaky. Our words burn out. If I don't like the way you treat me, the promise I made to you, ah, it's got to go. God said, no, I've made a promise to you that if you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, my mercy is literally new and fresh every morning. My mercy endures forever. I, I, I want to say this quickly, but you know that God wouldn't expect of us something he doesn't himself do. Right? He goes beyond what he even expects of us. He died on the cross for our sins. He doesn't expect us to do that now. But he wouldn't ask of us something that he himself would not be willing to do. And when he told the disciples, when they asked the question, how many times should we forgive in a day? They said seven times a day. Jesus, is that how many times? How many times a day, Jesus, do we have to forgive somebody who hurts us? He said 70 times seven. 490 times somebody would do an action against you that he says, I want you to forgive them. Why would he say that? Because he's willing to do the same. And some of you are in like a bird trapped in a net, not realizing that his word is true. 
The light bulb is still on. Just as he said it 2,000 years ago, the light bulb is still burning. The truth is still applicable. He still forgives sins to the uttermost. As the east is from the west, he said, I'll forgive you. As far, I'll trample my, the sin under the foot. I'll do everything I can to give you the mercy you don't deserve. Where are you going to live? Oh, the enemy, the enemy, he's going to, he's going to trap you. He's going to bind you. He's going to confuse you. He's going to scare you. But today, today, you can live under the shadow of the Almighty. As you stand this morning. The writer of Psalms 91, we don't know their name. We don't know who wrote it. But we do know the writer of Psalms 27. David wrote this psalm. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. For some of you, we sing that song. That's where that passage comes from. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. I've got a buckler. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I'll take up permanent residence that I would have the opportunity to be with God forever. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies round about. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. We have something to praise God about today. In my message today, I felt compelled to challenge somebody to really put your trust in God. Really put your trust in God. Put your trust in God for your salvation. Have you repented of your sins? Have you been water baptized in his name? Have you received his spirit? Have you accepted the work that he did on the cross and have you obeyed it? Have you put your trust in him? If not, today's a great day to put your trust in him. We're going to have one that's going to be baptized today. We could baptize more if you want. There are some of you who live in fear. You live in dread. You're worried about your work, you're worried about relationships, you're worried about different things in your life. 
The Lord is wondering if you'll trust him. If you'll take him at, your wor- at his word. So that you don't have to be afraid of the terror by night. You don't have to be afraid of the enemy. You don't have to be afraid of sickness. You don't have to be afraid of death. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to pray this morning. Today I'm inviting you. For for those who are guests, we typically have a time to pray at the altar. And I'm inviting those who simply want to make a step of faith to say, God, I'm putting my trust in you afresh today. I'm going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to trust you with every detail of my life. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Lord, I pray right now God, that you would speak in this place, not just by my mere words and my simple words, Lord, but I'm praying that our hearts would reach for you. God, maybe there's areas of our heart that are afraid of what is to come. We're afraid of the next things that might be happening in our life. We're afraid, God, of maybe what people are going to do or things and relationships that might cause us worry and anxiety. God, I'm praying today that we would find ourselves in the secret place. Not just hidden away from people to get away from people, but hidden in you because there's power in our surrender to you. I pray we would not have just a visitation today. I pray that somebody would make a decision to have a habitation with you, that they would surrender their whole life to you. They would surrender their salvation to you. They would surrender their future to you. They would surrender their relationships and their finances and every aspect of their life to you. And God, you said, when we abide in your place, that we will not fear. We have nothing to fear. I wonder if you'd step out of your pew today. I wonder if you'd step out with faith just as a statement to God, as a statement to yourself that you're going to trust the Lord. You're going to trust the Lord and you're going to bring it to the Lord. I wonder if you'd step out today. If you need salvation, if you need the forgiveness of sins, I want you to step out of your pew. God, you have a work today. You have a work today. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.